Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Cipriano. We're continuing our Tartan Talk series by having a conversation with Jeff Lawrence. Jeff is a senior designer and vice president at Gary Player Design. We caught up with Jeff at the American Society of Golf Course Architects meeting in the Woodlands, Texas. In fact, we had our conversation in the hotel lobby. Jeff travels all over the world, so it was good to spend some FaceTime with him, and we know that you'll enjoy the podcast. But before we get going with Jeff, we'd like to thank Better Billy Bunker for supporting this podcast. Better Billy Bunker supports a number of industry efforts and organizations, including the American Society of Golf Course Architects. So we're glad that they are on board with us, and we're glad that we saw Jeff and we're, we're able to catch up with him. Well, Jeff, it's great to finally catch up with you. And Thank you for taking some time. And when you come to a meeting like this, what do you look to get out of it when you're with your colleagues and other people in the industry? Well, it's just a, a good time to get together and just talk about the industry, talking about what everybody's doing, education sessions, um, just a good camaraderie of uh, you know amongst the 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 architects and friends that we've made. I've made over the years, and just good to catch up once a year for sure and um, learn and and have that time together. Describe your work with. Gary Player, you've been with him now for a few years. Uh, you're in a senior role with him. Explain what you do on a day-to-day -day basis with him. Yeah, um, I've been with uh, Gary Player Design for 14 years. Um, my responsibilities, uh, vice president uh, slash senior designer, really take um, you know all aspects of design from start to finish, um, client development, uh, you know everything that has to do with the design part of the business. So. It's it's um, it, it's challenging, which we really enjoy. Keeps us busy. Really focus on the design aspect, but also you know client development and, and managing our clients, managing our projects. Um, and so it you know a day to day would be, um, and that's what I love about the, my job is and the profession is every day is different. No day is the same. So it could be drawing plans one day, field visits, uh, traveling. Uh, returning emails, uh, budgets, etc. So it's it's uh, it's a wider variety of things that that happen every day. That's something that I embrace and I like because I I don't like uh, this, the same old repetitiveness of of the grind of you know, the sameness every day. So I really embrace that. You might be the first person I've ever interviewed who used the word email and like in the. Uh the same sentence. Well, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't mind doing emails. I don't, as long as I'm not sitting at the computer all day, but you know, I think that's part of life today and you have to, you have to do it. And, uh, it is a grind, but it's, it's something that has to be done. When you talk about people that have traveled the world, there might not be a more of a globetrotter in the history of golf than Gary player. What is it like working with him and where has this job taken you in the last 14 years? Well, he's the most traveled athlete, as, as he likes to say, and I've had the, the great privilege of traveling uh, parts of the world that you know most people haven't seen. Gosh, where do I start? Um, projects in India, in Honduras, in uh, Congo, in Gabon, in South Africa, um, uh, projects in, in, in China and uh, the Middle East, spent a lot of time in the Middle East. So it, Canada, North America, I mean, anywhere that, that golf is possible and really in emerging markets is kind of our niche. I would say 90% of our work in, at Gary Player Design is international work outside North America. Although um, we do embrace those opportunities that come along in North America, but 
Um, most of it is, is international work. What is it like going into a market that doesn't have a lot of golf or doesn't have any golf at all and trying to introduce it to the, the people who maybe will play the course one day or more importantly, maybe the people who are going to work on, on the course while you're doing the project? Well, it's challenging, but it's also rewarding. It's An example is uh, you know, a project that we did in Honduras, um, really the, the first or second golf course, or the first championship course, um, if you will, to, to the caliber and, and quality on the mainland, um, they did one on the island of Roatan, but on the mainland, um, and it's really you know reinventing the, if you will, the the wheel and, and trying to create something that's very special, but don't make it so complicated that they can't maintain it. Um, you've really got to think about the quality construction, so it's there for a long time. Um, trying to use materials um, which are hard to get, you know, irrigation parts, drainage parts, um, everything's imported. So it's really trying to educate the people because after we leave, they're the ones that are going to have to manage it and operate it. So um, I think the design's the easy part, implementing it and maintaining it and managing long term. That's the challenge. And, you know, we try to support our clients after we're gone, but we try to set them up for success during the design and implementation process. How did you get involved in the business and did you ever imagine that you would meet the people that you've been able to meet, work with the people you've been able to work with and travel to the places you've been able to go to? Uh, I started with um, the Nicholas organization out in Scottsdale, Arizona. They were doing Desert Mountain and uh, I had graduated Arizona State and wanted to get stay in golf somehow, some way. I didn't go to school um, to do golf course architecture, which most most of the, uh, the people in the ASGCA are, I would say, landscape architects. Not all, but I would say most. Um, but it's, you know, it's amazing the experiences that I've had, and I've been very honored and blessed to have the, the um, experience with th three wonderful um, branded architects, Jack Nicholas, Tom Fazio, and Gary Player to kind of guide me through and teach me and um, and I'm, I'm very very honored to be able to do that I'm not sure if there's anybody else that has worked for those three branded uh, and very respected architects so um, you know it's something I don't take for granted and I look back on all the experiences that it's, it's provided me and um, I've had a good ride and I hope it continues. <laughs> Do you see similarities between people like that that are at the top of the profession, or are they completely different personalities and have a completely different way of going about things? Such a sub subjective industry and profession that, you know, everybody has their own little nuances. And I think that's the great thing about it. Um, there's no one way to do something, whether it's design, whether it's implementation or, or the technical aspects, um, you know, I learned from the ground up of, you know, what is the proper way to, you know, install irrigation? What's the proper way to construct a bunker, etc. Learned from the ground up and did some project management and actually some construction through my career just to learn the, the overall profession. And uh, I think it's important to, to, to be flexible because if, if you're going to try to try to do the same thing everywhere you go around the world, Trust me, it's not going to work. You have to be flexible um, and understanding, but also mind on who the final 
uh, clientele is going to be and implement it and make sure that it's sustainable and maintainable for the long term, especially in emerging markets where they have limited resources. What's something that maybe we take for granted in the United States that would be a real struggle in a place like India or Honduras? Uh, just the resources. I mean, we can get anything in America. We, I mean, all the materials, um, basically a phone call, you know, a bulldozer or a sand pro or um, USGA sand or pure strains of turf for nurseries or for the golf courses. You, you go into different markets and it's, uh, you don't get those, those luxuries. So you really have to think outside the boxes. How, how can we implement something to the highest quality within the resources that we have? And obviously, uh, uh, a lot of times we'll have to import it, but there are other times we just have to use what's regionally available. Um, and, and hopefully it's, it, it works out in the long run. And, and, that's, and we make sure it does, but you really have to be, like I said, you have to think outside the box and, and utilize what's, what's there. How would you describe the, the mission of Gary Player's design work? What type of courses are you trying to create and what type of people are you trying to please? Well, we're not trying to please any one kind of, of, of golfer. I mean, we're trying to, you know, we're in emerging markets. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, in, in Gabon or in Congo or in uh, Honduras, um, you know, in the Middle East, you know, Morocco, you know, places that, you know, there are golf courses, but there are places where, you know, we're the first or the second or the third. So it's, we're not stuck on one style. It's mm -hmm. really, you know, what is the goal of the client, number one, and how do we implement something that's going to meet and be embraced by the final clientele? Is that a resort? Is that private? Um, but we've got to make sure that golf's a hard game. And, you know, I, I think sometimes um, we lose focus. When I say we are, the industry loses focus. Um, and it's talked about so much the tournament golf and, you know, because that's what we see on TV and that's what it's always talked about. But we've really got to think about and, and embrace and promote daily fee golf and the resort golf if we're going to grow the game. So, you know, we've done a, a, a par three 13-hole golf course in Branson, Missouri, which is going to be um, highlighted this week on, on the Champions Tour. And I think that's a great opportunity to, to be televised and show people golf doesn't have to be 18 full-length golf holes. It can be 9, 12, 5, whatever it is. It could be short course, long course. Um, we really need to start thinking outside the box and being creative in our industry if we're really going to grow the game. How fun is it when you get a client that wants to do a project that's different? I think it's I think it's great because it makes us think a little bit more instead of going you know maybe get stuck in a in a rut. You know, doing something unique and different and thought provoking that really you have to use your imagination. So. We really embrace that, and I think that's where the industry really needs to go in, in providing new opportunities, new ways to uh, invest in the growth of the game. Um, I, you know, I don't care if it's putt-putt or a short game area or a par-3 course or a seven-hole full length. It's, it's something that we have to, um, and, and I know from, from our perspective at Gary Player Design, we embrace all those opportunities because I think... Um, that's that's where the industry's headed. So you've worked with 
two of the best golfers ever. Do, do they understand what the normal golfer wants? Is that something that they really factor into their decision? Or is that where somebody like you really comes in and, and helps your boss out? I think they do um, yeah. to varying degrees. Absolutely. I mean, they've played a lot of pro-am golf and they, and they see what the average golfer is. I, I, you know, once again, it's, I think it's what, what's, what's the ultimate goal for the client and that particular project. Um, and, you know, right now, you know, Mr. Player and I have a great relationship and it's a great dialogue when we're on site and, you know, looking at plans, etc. And you know, we, we talk openly and it's, it's a, it's a good relationship. And, um, you know, he brings that expertise to the table and then, you know, I can counter that sometimes with some, some input and we come to a, an understanding of, hey, that's, you know, that's probably the best. So, but still I respect their, their, uh, their guidance and, um, that's why I'm still around. <laughs> what is Mr. Player like on a project, and what time does he wake up to go to the gym before you go out in the field? <laughs> uh, he's an early riser for sure. Um, going to the gym, it can happen anytime during the day, but uh, it's it's usually in the afternoon. But you know, it, it's different. But it's it's neat that he, he he wants to set time aside for the things that are really important to him. So it's. It's exercise, it's diet, so I really have to watch what I eat when I'm on the road and, you know, eating breakfast or lunch or dinner with him. And although he's very respectful about that, but it's always, you always think twice before you grab for the bacon or something that probably isn't so healthy for you. How big is he when you go to places like Africa and Asia and just what type of doors does his name open internationally? Um, yeah, I was just with him in South Africa um, a couple weeks ago, and it, it's amazing the, the people that know him. I mean, not just in South Africa, but worldwide. I mean, whether it's in an airport or a restaurant or, you know, they don't even have to be golfers. Mm -hmm. they, you know, they recognize him, and he is so gracious with his time and, and so hospitable. And um, it, it's really interesting just to see that interaction. I've learned a lot from it over the years. and. I still can't get enough of it when I travel with him to, to see how much he's recognized internationally. Besides the 13-hole par-3 course in Missouri, what are some other crazy things you guys have tried or been able to implement over the years? And maybe crazy is not the right word, but different or projects where you've really pushed it creatively. Well, you know, the project we did in, uh, in India, DLF, you know, we're doing, did some, some very creative bunkering um, similar to the links at Fancourt. Um, uh, you know, it's called geotextile bunkering, where it's geotextile material. It's very low maintenance, very low water usage, fertilizer, etc. It's, it's a, it's one of Mr. Player's favorite style of bunkers. It's not for everybody, but it does have its its niche and its fit on in certain climates and certain projects. But I would say that's that's something you don't typically see, and we get a lot of feedback after. Uh, they play the Indian Open at DLF, um, and you know what is that? You know what? What is, I mean, what is the material? How'd you guys do it? Uh, and and it's not for everybody. Some people like it, some people don't, and that's okay. That's that's golf course architecture. What do the course managers and superintendents think of some of the things you've tried on these projects? We always try to include them when they're in the in the in the loop. I mean, because maintenance of a golf course is 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 vital in the success of the project, and as you know. It, there's a lot of things that we we include them on, but at the end of the day, it's it's the client's decision, and we try to guide them the best we can to make the right decisions. 
Most of the time it works, sometimes it doesn't, but, but the superintendents are a huge part of, of, you know, of us asking a lot of questions and trying to make sure that we design something that's maintainable for the long term. You know, whether that's turf selection, greens construction, slopes on bunker, I mean, it could be anything. And uh, so we do embrace their, their uh, response and input. What countries have you worked in have been challenging environmentally? Have you faced any maybe odd restrictions in some of the places you've worked internationally over the years? I would say more domestically. Okay. More domestically, um, internationally, yeah, there are some places, but they're not as advanced in their um, environmental impact um, assessments and, and rules and regulations and laws. Europe's pretty tough. You know, I can remember a project uh, in the Pacific Northwest that was, I mean, oh my gosh, with the trout streams and salmon streams, etc. The amount of, of things we needed to do there. But, um, you know, there are, like I said, there are certain places around the world that aren't so advanced that they don't, they're, they're not quite there yet in, in the environmental part of it. So, but we, just because that they don't have the rules and regulations doesn't mean we turn a blind eye. We're still yeah. very cognizant of that and try to do the right thing. What about wildlife? You've had to have seen some things that we would consider a little bit different in your travels. Yeah, mostly, mostly in South Africa. There's, there's been a couple times uh, we were on a site visit and, uh, on the coast of uh, South Africa, and we we're we we're up on a hill in some tall grass, and I was walking, and Mr. Player was right behind me, and about five feet in front of me, a cobra comes up and spread spreads his and and you know sit is kind of looking you almost in the face, so you just step back very slowly, and um, <laughs> you know everybody wanted to take pictures, but. Mr. Player grabbed me by the shirt and says, Jeff, we're done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a Mozambique spitting cobra. Um, the same, on the same site, a different time, uh, Black Mamba went, went in front of us. Rattlesnakes in the south, southwest, in Arizona. Um, grizzly bear in Montana. Um, I'm trying to think what some other ones, but those were, the, those were the closest calls. When you see a cobra that's not in a cage, Eye to eye. Do you think it's the end? I mean, what, 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 what do you think, think in that moment? I, I guess you're fortunate you're with Mr. Player, who probably has seen dozens of them. Yeah, uh, um, I, he has much more experience at that in the people we were with. But, you know, I don't think we were in any danger. But nevertheless, to see a, a cobra five feet in front of you um, ready to strike or ready to spit, it gets your attention. It's, it's kind of all, but at the same time, you got to realize uh, it wouldn't be a, probably a good outcome if something happened. What is something you haven't had a chance to try that you'd really like to try on a project? Or what's a type of site that maybe you haven't worked on that you really want to work on in the future? I think if, if we could get a project that we could do everything on it. We could do a world-class short game. We could do a short course. We could do a full-length golf course. Um, and we could be everything to everybody. Um, going back to the project in Honduras, uh, they do foot golf. So it's as popular to, to kick a soccer ball around the golf course as it is to play golf. But, you know, going back to your question, you know, in, in a perfect world, if we had a project that, you know, w would encompass all these things um, to where we could use our imagination and our experience to bring something to everybody, 
whether that's the beginner, the novice, the junior, the senior, the advanced player, and in everywhere in between that, I think that would be really rewarding. What's the fulfillment in the job for you? I think it, it's exciting when the client is excited. At the end, yeah, if we hit our, our target and we hit the ultimate goal and they're happy and Mr. Player is happy or when I was working for Tom Fazio or, or Jack mm. Nicholas, if they were pleased, it's, it's seeing the enjoyment that the, the clients and the members get out of the finished product because nobody really realizes unless you're in the trenches during the process how much goes into it and it's very rewarding to see it finished and play and the conditioning of it as you envisioned it so all that hard work by lots of people um, it's because it's certainly a team effort to come to fruition and meet all the goals of many people that's very rewarding Beyond the, the bosses you've had, what has it been like meeting people of different cultures? I try to embrace it every time I go somewhere. You know, you have to respect their culture. And it's been an eye-opener for me. When I first started, I was, you know, young and stupid. Um, and, oh, you know, over the years, I've really tried to embrace the culture when I, when I go somewhere and try to learn before I go. I don't speak their languages. Um, I speak a little bit of Spanish, but not very good in their other languages. But... I'm going to try to embrace their culture, their food, understand um, their religion, their, um, the way they do things, and try not, you know, try not to change their culture. Embrace it when you're there and try to work with it because you're not going to change it. So, and, you know, you, you travel certain parts of the world, you know, sometimes Americans aren't really welcome that much. So if you try to embrace their culture and understand them and ask the right questions and, and you know, really try to feel that you want to learn more about their culture and then I think that's something that they they take to and you create a friendship and and go from there last thing where do you see the profession headed do you see some of the things that you're doing internationally maybe being implemented in the United States or do you see it the other way around some of the things you're doing in the United States maybe being implemented in other countries you know at the end of the day well, we just we want to grow the game of golf it's a it's a very difficult game, and we want to make sure that we provide a mechanism and a tool where people can enjoy the game of golf at whatever level they are. And we've, we've done everything from very uh, user-friendly golf courses to championship golf courses. And I think that's, that's something that uh, resonates with, with a lot of people is you, know, you can customize your design style to fit certain clientele. So it really, going into a project, what, what is it? What are the goals of that, of that client, of that golf course? And really, my mindset going in, and I know Mr. Players is, in most cases, when we're in emerging markets, is let's try to design and build a golf course that it's going to be enjoyable because it's a hard game. We want people to enjoy it. And so we try to, we try to take that approach from day one. And, you know, I think we've been successful at that. And I think that's where the industry needs to go. There's plenty of championship golf. We don't need much more of that. Um, we need something that's going to help grow the game.
Well, Jeff, we really appreciate the time. It was great to catch up with you. I know you've been all over the world. Best of luck in your travels. And I mean this sincerely. I really hope you don't come across any cobras or black mambas again anytime soon. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. And, you know, it's uh, the international travel is amazing as much as sometimes it gets cursed. But it's uh, it's a great experience and I wouldn't trade it for anything.